Hello! This is a little spooky podcast about things that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies, or when you're waiting on a very important call. You're waiting all day. No texts, no calls, no emails. But then you feel your leg vibrate, but your phone's not even there. My name is Everett. And I'm Colleen. Do you have like restless leg syndrome or? No, this was something I was actually looking into when like I should phantom have phantom vibration. Exactly. Yeah. I should have been preparing for my episode, but I was procrastinating. And um, it's called phantom vibration syndrome. So that's something that's actually recognized as like, it's not a disorder, but it's just something that, you know, if you're used to having your phone in your pocket or whatever. Addicted to your phone like right. I am. But there's a conspiracy that goes with it. So generally, that probably is the case. You're just feeling something that you're used to. Maybe you were sure like expecting a text and you feel a vibration or something or a ring, but it's not actually doing it. Mm-hmm. The conspiracy is that the phone providers, like the phone companies like Verizon, AT&T, all of them, are actually quickly sending a vibration to your phone, but not displaying any sort of notification to get you to look at your phone and to Ah. possibly actually start using your phone again because they make money when you're using your phone. Like when you use certain apps and stuff. Right, or if you're you're on a data plan and you decide to potentially go over. They're just trying to get you back to your phone. Oh, man, that's too logical to be a conspiracy theory. And the thing is, whether it's true or not, they would definitely get away with it. How would anyone know? Like, oh, your phone must be, you know... There must be a defect or something. We're not doing it. Oh, I hate that. That is actually a little spooky. That's the world we live in today. I know. And the thing is, I'm not going to give up my phone anytime soon. <laughs> None, I'm sure anyone listening to this right now is listening on their phone, most likely. Nine out of ten chances, unless you're using a computer. But irrelevant. It's Olympic season. Yeah. Or as Everett calls them. The Olympics. The Olympics, yeah. They're actually happening. They weren't canceled. I'm super excited. And I know we have listeners in many different countries as well, not just in the United States. So I hope your country does well and does you proud. This is something we can all enjoy together. Yeah. So, yeah. I love the Olympics. I generally don't care about sports at all, but I will watch the whole Olympics. Just like the dedication to a craft that you may or may not be familiar with. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's like a weird sense of patriotism, I guess. It's easy for us to say that, too, because we always do so well in the Olympics <laughs> as the United States. Well, but I'd still watch it and root on. Like, sometimes if, if, if America's not going, I'll root for Canada. And then third place, I'll root for the UK because, you know, they're kind of like our... Seeing the, distant seeing how, and seeing how all the like Russian gymnasts uh, perform and like the Japanese uh, lady swimmer. I don't remember her name, but she did really well a couple nights ago, too. So, yeah, it's just fun to see everyone. Yeah. As I was writing this episode, um, men's gymnastics events were on and I kept getting distracted by their little footy jammies that they have to wear. <laughs> so I did my best writing this. Can I point out, though? The American men's gymnastics team. It's like somebody described what an American should be to the Olympics committee. And they went back in time and found like a random World War II enlisted soldier. They look like Captain America without the 
Loki costume, basically. Yeah, they're like, the like, hair and the buff upper body. Yeah. And- so if if your I, I like envisionment of an American is not like the giant fat obese stereotype, but like the, yeah, the blonde, blue-eyed, like all American yeah, boy World next door. War, World War II poster of a soldier. Yeah. Basically. And their names are Sam Brody. Brody and Shane. It's like somebody just imagined them and they appeared. I don't know. It weirded me. Like that was spooky to me. It was it's too weird, but they're doing great. Good well, job, men's gymnastics. Good, good job, everyone. And also, that's probably enough of the Olympics for now, but sneak peek we're gonna talk more about the olympics later too but what are we talking about right now colleen well before i officially introduce the topic i'm gonna put you in a scenario Mm. i want you to Mm. i want you to i want your Mm. thoughts i want you to walk through this yeah all right so you are now detective everett i always am and you're in your office everything is black and white and you're smoking a cigar. Maybe sepia tone. Yeah. And you're like leaned back in your chair and all of a sudden your phone rings. Is it actually ringing or is it the is no, it it's real. This trying is, to this get is me to for real phone? ring. Okay. So you answer and on the line you hear, we got a case for you. See, this one's a real head scratcher. We're going to need you down here stat. So. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I forget to mention you are a detective from the 1950s. I, I got that. Yeah. Okay. So you throw on your trilby and your trench coat and you grab your magnifying glass and you head to the scene of the crime. Okay. Okay. When you get there, you walk into just like a regular house, it's the average suburban house. Okay. Yeah. You're in the living room. It looks totally normal. It's just get away. Get away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a, there's a dog named Champ. Yeah. <laughs> or something. You walk into the living room. It's totally normal. It's got an armchair in front of a TV mm. and a couch and mm-hmm. a coffee table. But. Where? The armchair. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Except the armchair has a giant burn mark on it. And there's a pile of ashes and some bone fragments on the seat. And clutching the arms of the chair are two hands and below the chair on the ground two perfectly good feet just burned off at the ankles it's like somebody was sitting there and then all of a sudden they turned into ashes and on the ceiling and the ground around the chair there's this weird oily greasy black substance but that's it. Everything else in the whole room completely unharmed. Nothing is burned. Nothing is out of place. There's no like smoke smell. It's just around this chair are feet and hands, a pile of ashes, and some greasy grease. Oh, those communists got to him. So what yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, communists. <laughs> the dirty commies. Yeah. But, Probably the first theory in the nineteen fifties. But like how? I don't know. I was also thinking UFO just came and obliterated this guy or Satan came from hell and just ripped him from the ass and then just brought him down through the chair. But his hands were like grabbing onto the arms. And his feet were planted. So they just got torn off. But like you wouldn't immediately think some sort of natural cause of death. 
I mean, no. Why? What is it that sticks out to you? Okay. Is so what I'm I, trying I, to ask. I have a feeling I know what this episode's going to well, be Well, yes, about. I know you know. And they already know because the, the, yeah, the title of the episode. The episode. Yes. I just want to know okay. what, like, what is running through your mind as Detective Everett? If this were natural causes and no third party was involved, mm-hmm. if this person just decided to burn up in flames, why didn't they leave the chair? Why were there hands and feet not burned to ash as well? How was the fire so hot that all of the internal organs were able to actually melt or at least melt into the black goo or into the ash? Mm-hmm. And same with the bones, too. It has to be really hot for bones to actually crumble to ash. Mm-hmm. I know that you said there were fragments, but... Yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah for that sure. That is pretty much the exact description of the scene of every case of spontaneous human combustion ever it. recorded. You said it. Yep. The most metal way to go. I mean... Yeah, it's definitely up there. I don't know if it's the most. I don't know. I think it's pretty badass. Um, Let me say this, though. I just want to do a a shout out to a really old, 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 old video game series called Parasite Eve, where spontaneous human combustion is the basically main crux of the whole game. Very fascinating stuff. I want to give a shout out to Charles Dickens. Who wrote it into one of his novels? What the Dickens? <laughs> okay, so that scenario is essentially what you see at the scene of any spontaneous human combustion site. But before I get into that, what is spontaneous human combustion? What does it mean? It's in the title. Exactly. It's when a human spontaneously, spontaneously combusts. combusts. Right. So you're just sitting there and poof. You are all of a sudden engulfed in a ball of flames. There is no external source of heat or fire. It comes from within you. Something internally happened and boom, you were like cremated for no reason. Hmm. So what do you think about this? Like what? what? (laughs) It doesn't sound real. No, it doesn't. And it's 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 so hard to wrap your head around it because like i said a fire has to be so hot to burn the liquidy insides of yourself and also the hard bones and Mm -hmm. all the other things so how does a fire even start inside of a person is it at like cellular level right like where it's like almost like a cancer where things just start ripping apart and like getting super hot from like Mm -hmm. cells or is it something that you ingest we'll get into it We'll get into it. I got I got both of those theories are covered. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of that believe spontaneous human combustion is a myth. But since the 1600s, there have been about 200 cited reports of spontaneous human combustion. It makes sense. In the 1600s, if somebody came across a pile of ashes with some feet and hands sticking out, that you would jump to spontaneous combustion as a conclusion. Like, if you couldn't see any external source of flame. Right, and also back then, and I mean, even today, too, I guess the reason people believe spontaneous combustion could be a possibility is if the limbs are left behind in some manner, Mm -hmm. it's like, why... 
why were they unable to run away if they were on fire? Well, I'm going to get to that. No, no, I know. I'm sure oh, you sure. will. I'm just saying that that was that's why a lot of people think it's real, because mm-hmm. the fire's coming from within you, so you're in so much pain, assuming that's sure. the case, that you can't move. Right. But if it's just you light yourself on fire, why aren't you moving in some way? Right. Like I was saying, though, in the 1600s, it's, it's easy to understand why people might more easily believe in spontaneous human combustion. Sure. But today we can, like, analyze burn patterns and flame sizes. I don't know. There's all sorts of magic that goes yeah. on when, you can look for when like you're determining. And stuff exactly. Too. So it's it's a lot harder to use spontaneous human combustion as a justification when in most cases it was probably somebody dropped a cigarette on themselves and then the cigarette like something right burned up in the fire but there are cases all the way up until 2010 that have listed spontaneous human combustion as the cause of death the coroner's have listed it as cause of death, not just like speculative journalists. Here's my question. Hmm. If a coroner lists that as the cause of death, is that just a general terminology, meaning they died from flames, but they couldn't figure out what the source of the flames were? Or is it saying the fire came from within your body? I mean, when I read it, I would understand it as the fire comes from within your body because if if you were of the understanding that it came from an external source you would say fire of unknown cause or fire of unknown origin like why would you list it as spontaneous human combustion how come how come we can't like study this more and become dragons well (laughs) i'm gonna explain a lot of things to you in the coming minutes so it is a possibility well um I let's just say I want to believe, but I just can't. Okay. So there aren't that many cases, obviously, where a scientist has listed the cause of death as spontaneous human combustion, but it does exist and it exists today. So it's not a complete, like, old fashioned explanation for why people die. It still pervades culture today. Which I think is crazy, because it sounds ridiculous. Well, that's like one of the most unexpected and probably horrific ways to die, for sure. Right. Okay, so even though spontaneous human combustion is seems like a very random phenomenon, there are actually several commonalities between just about every recorded case. In 1938, the British Medical Journal wrote an article about this, and they cited a book from 1823 that listed out all of the characteristics of human combustion. And as I read them, you will be able to tell that even back in 1823, scientists were very skeptical about spontaneous human combustion as a real phenomenon. So here's what they list as all of the cases having in common. One, the victims are often... Chronic alcoholics. Yeah, I was going to say boozing. Two, the victims are often elderly females. Mm. Three, likely the body has not burned spontaneously, but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. So they're already being like, it's not spontaneous human combustion. Right, there's got to be an There's got to be an external source. Four, the hands and feet usually fall off of the body before burning. 
Five, the fire has caused little to no damage to any combustible things in contact with or around the body. That's odd. And six, the combustion of the body leaves a residue of greasy and fetid ashes. Very offensive in odor. Hmm. I wonder what that is. Like, is it just... The- I have a hypothesis. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's break these commonalities down, though, because yeah. it's pretty easy. Boozing makes sense. A lot yeah. of sense. Elderly, alcoholic woman smokes a cigarette. She falls asleep in her chair. The cigarette lights her on fire. Because she's drunk and old... Her reflexes are slow. The fire burns up really fast or she sleeps through it until it's too late. Right. And she burns to death, leaving only a pile of ashes. Like that's that sounds like a completely reasonable explanation. Up to a point. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the alcohol in your body definitely would act in some capacity as some sort of accelerant. You think so? I would imagine. I mean, it's more so than just no alcohol. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. But why is it elderly women? Like, why specifically women? That I don't know. I could not find an explanation for that. I mean, is it just kind of... And it's not only women, because the cases that I have read, there are also men as well. It tends to just be elderly people. Elderly people make sense if their reflexes are a little slower, but I'm just wondering if, like, that's a thing that was written in the 1820s or whatever because it's like a sexist thing to say that women are less capable i think that you are on the right track i don't i mean i can't say for sure but my guess is in the victorian era an alcoholic woman is not acceptable to society so they're kind of like our youtube commenters I just, maybe, maybe it's God's wrath. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think there's a correlation between gender or sex and spontaneous human combustion Yeah, that that wouldn't make much sense unless there's something to do with, like, the 23rd chromosome or something. So, on the surface, the explanation seems like one and done. Like, cigarette burned an old person... And they couldn't react fast enough to stop it. Stop it. Or escape. Yeah. Right. Well, here's the thing. There's a bunch of weird shit in that list I read as well. Um, the hands and feet usually fall off. What's up with that? I that, that doesn't seem super weird to me either. No? Just, no, because if your torso is the thing that's being engulfed in flames... It's probably going to burn to a crisp faster than it can spread to your limbs. Yeah, you're smart, surprisingly. Depending on how hot the fire is. Oh, but. yes. And I there's a couple theories about how these fires burn. But it's still weird to walk into a crime scene. Oh, yeah. And you just see hands hanging out on the arms of an armchair. Where is the head? Is the head gone, gone. too? Yep. Mm-hmm. So there, there have not been any reported cases of spontaneous human combustion occurring on like one limb. Like there's no survivors of spontaneous human combustion. Right. It has to come within your like inner right. body, so not it just seems, a limb. It seems like it has to begin like in your chest or your stomach. And that's why it would leave your limbs intact after it burns out. So is the fuel source... In your tum-tum? 
<laughs> well, if if it's alcoholics, maybe like well, something with the alcohol. Okay, here, the thing is, human beings are mostly made out of water. Right. Like we're, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but it, it, I say like sixty to seventy. Yeah, like, like I'd say like seventy five percent water. There's not that much flammable material in a human body. No. And that's not to say there isn't the ability to burn to death, because obviously people burn to death if they are lit on fire. But it's unlikely that enough heat would randomly be generated within your body that you would be able to burst into flame from the inside out due right. to the fact that your insides are mostly water. Yeah, for sure. There's flammable things within us, um, notably fat and farts. Yeah, some stomach acid, I'm sure, to a point at least. I don't know. I'm, my assumption is that's probably mostly water. Yeah, but I mean, so is alcohol. It's still bizarre. Yeah, for sure. That an internal source of heat would be able to burn you at all because it's starting essentially in a water filled bag. And also, where's the oxygen coming from? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you have oxygen in your blood. Yeah, but if it's starting like in your tum tum, like you said, there's no <laughs> oxygen in there. True, true. The other weird thing from this list. There is little to no damage to combustible things that come in contact with the body. Right. It is only the body that burns. And I, I believe clothing as well, if the person is wearing clothing. Sure. Because it's like just the in chair, direct contact. But, yes. But the chair, like it'll have a burn on it. But the, the chair's not burned. Right. Like there, there may be a scorch mark, but it's still there. Right. And you can Google it. There are pictures of scenes of spontaneous human combustion, and it literally just looks like a pile of ashes sitting on top of a chair. It looks someone just put something there and let it burn out on the chair. Yes. And like you can tell there was burning because there'll be like soot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dirty. Black yes. Ceiling. But nothing else is burned. The rest of the house is completely pristine. Everything that I have heard about fire safety in houses is that fire will spread so fast. Yeah, so it's almost like um it's not a regular fire. It's almost like a kit like a kitchen fire. What do they call that? Like an oil fire or whatever? Grease fire. Grease fire, yeah. Where it's like it's it, I mean obviously it can spread, but like the main source is the fatty oil. Mm -hmm. I know not everyone is as morbidly fascinated by true crime as I am, but if you've seen any true crime show or movie or read a true crime book there's always at some point someone who tries to dispose of a body by burning it <laughs> and like you said earlier it's not that easy you can't you can't just burn a body and it'll reduce itself to ashes it has to reach at least 3000 degrees fahrenheit which is very hard to get to that temperature without very special tools right that's why we send them to the body cookers in their right. special body ovens. Yeah. And that's why how they get cremated, because they have special conditions that can reach those sorts of temperatures. I always think back to uh, that documentary on Netflix, Making a Murderer, where the they hypothesized that he burned this woman's body in a bin, but it was just a normal fire. So the fire had to burn for like four days straight before right. it would actually burn enough to rubble and ash exactly i think people just assume fire is hot like I it's mean, all it is, one but yes but it's, but it's all one 3, degrees hot right and i got curious 
So I did some fire research because I am in no way a fire expert. The temperature of a fire can range from 400 to 9,000 degrees, depending on the fuel source. Right. And to get to 9,000 degrees... That's like surface of the sun. Huh? You, you gotta have a fuel source that isn't just human body. Right. A couple sources that I found state that the average house fire... 900? Nope, 1,100 degrees. Oh, kind of close. Yeah. And a hot bonfire. I mean, we've all been around like super hot bonfires. Yeah, and if you're like feeding fire. it, yeah, those can reach around 2000 or so degrees, mm, okay. which is still not hot enough to reduce a body to ashes. If a fire is going to burn at 3000 degrees, you would think that there's no way it would leave the rest of the house or even the chair virtually undamaged. Right. So this is where knowledge of fires come in handy. Apparently, a fire is very unpredictable. And it tends to burn up, mm -hmm. but not out. Right. So they can be very self-limiting. Meaning, if it runs out of fuel, then it'll go out on its own. So if, if the... The heat source truly is coming from inside the body. As soon as it's gone, the fire's gone. As soon as the fuel is gone, the fire's gone. And as we said earlier, there's not much fuel within a human body to keep it, it going. Now, how it would reach 3,000 degrees is a complete fucking mystery. Yeah. I have no idea how that would happen. So if, it, if we are to assume it has something to do with the alcohol or even like at a molecular <laughs> cellular level. Like, as soon as your body, like, especially your torso is gone, that's why it doesn't spread to your limbs, because yep. it's just, there's no more fuel. Right. Or very limited, So, either these people are slowly smoldering for a very, very, very long time doesn't until they're like reduced it. to ashes, or they have to somehow reach 3,000 degrees. I think if it was a smoldering fire, then that means the fire would spread to the rest of the house. It would have to be quick for it to actually work like that. Right. Well, okay. So, more of my fire research. Mm -hmm. Even if a fire is burning at 3,000 degrees, it's not going to instantly cremate the body, right? I mean, even yeah. if you are taking a body to be cremated within a special facility, it takes... It takes minutes, I think. I think it takes multiple hours. Oh. If a human body is mostly water, how can that body, with no external source of flame feeding it, burn for long enough to cremate it? Right. Apparently, this is easily explained away. This is due to something called the wick effect. And here's how it works. The body starts on fire, whether it's spontaneously or through a candle or a heat source or whatever. Fire starts on the body. Sure. As the body burns, the fat melts and it runs into the materials around it. Mm. That material soaks up the fat, which provides more fuel for the fire to burn. And as the material around that burns, the body burns more, releasing more fat, allowing the area to soak up more fats and keep burning. And it goes on and on until the fat is gone. Right. This could explain why the areas around the bodies don't light on fire. And why there's an oily grossness left behind. 
Exactly. So the fire only burns until the fat source is gone and then it puts itself out. So in, in this case, like the chair would have a burn mark and the body would be gone, but it wouldn't have spread to the hands and feet because hands and feet generally don't have a very high fat content. And right. probably by then it's fizzled out. And I feel like I've heard someone say before, too, that um, a lot of the victims of supposed spontaneous human combustion are also obese people, too. So I guess if that theory is correct, that would make sense. Sure. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily know that makes a difference. I mean, even very thin people have several pounds of fat sure. on their body. Yeah, of course, but there's life. just not as much. Sure. Okay, so I, I've pretty much just debunked all the weird stuff about spontaneous human combustion. But not, we've, not really we've glossed over the spontaneous combustion right, part. Exactly. So all of the weird stuff surrounding it can kind of be explained away. In Mostly. terms of like hands hanging out there, nothing else is burned. Like it the, the magical yeah. parts of it can Not, be explained away. But everything but, but the heat too. Though, exactly. Like how does it get hot enough? And also, how does it start within the body? Exactly. So, as I discussed previously, the most likely explanation is there is some sort of external source of of heat, like a dropped cigarette, um, like a flame. An electrical fire, maybe. Yes, and a lot of bodies are found near heat sources. Many cases of spontaneous combustion, like, they'll be by a burning fireplace, but far enough away that you'd be like, this doesn't make any sense to have lit on fire from the fireplace. This may be a spark, and the person was just very combustible. Right, exactly. So, generally... You can assume most cases of spontaneous human combustion are probably accidentally inflicted externally from, like, smoking or standing too close to a fire. I don't know. There's also the option of suicide by self-immolation. And if that's the case, you know, depending on what the person used to start the fire, that could be burned up with them. Sure. This, I mean, okay, so self-immolation is not a super common form of suicide around these parts. But actually, um, I read that in developing countries, it accounts for up to 40% of suicides. It's probably a very for sure way to get it done. But also, I'm just thinking back, like, when, when a lot of people, you know, if they have those types of thoughts and decide to try and commit suicide, a lot of people feel regret. Because what's fascinating about this topic to me is the fact that the arms and legs are still mm-hmm. like in the position in the chair for a lot of these people. Sure. If you're lighting yourself on fire, you're going to have some sort of natural response to try and move away from the fire or just move out of the way. So yeah. why are they still there? There has to be some sort of other thing in play, thing at play like boozing yourself into unconsciousness or taking some kind of drug or something. Yeah, I mean, it would take some very strong willpower to just sit there I, and I almost let think yourself it's impossible burn. If you're if you're completely unless sober. you've used an accelerant ahead of time. But to, even if you do, I feel like you're going to move. You're not going to just stay clutching the chair through all that pain. I feel like the smoke inhalation would get you pretty quickly. Yeah, maybe. Again, Not something I'm super knowledgeable about, but let's just ignore that as an option and let's ignore any external source of heat as an option. If it's internal, how is it? Yes. So if spontaneous human combustion is truly real and 
humans combust from the inside out, how could that possibly happen? Here are some theories. One, alcoholism. Alcoholism has long been thrown around as the reason for spontaneous human combustion for the reasons that you were saying earlier. Alcohol itself is an accelerant, and you would assume that higher alcohol content would mean easier to burn. I couldn't find any explanations about how that alcohol in your blood would actually ignite. So potentially... Well, I don't think it, it itself would ignite, but it would accelerate the fire that's already there. Right, right. The thing is, there's that it's not it's not an explanation for how the person started on fire. No. It's merely an explanation for how the person stayed on fire. Right. And actually, the amount of alcohol in your blood probably would not overcome the amount of water in no. your blood and body anyways no. for any kind of spontaneous ignition from the inside out. So it's it's kind of been debunked as a theory for why somebody would spontaneously combust. But I bring it up because it was the explanation during the Victorian era. Sure. And it kind of was an idea that kind of per- was pervasive through time. One, and even going back quickly to the external sources of fire, too. Like, what if someone literally just passed out while they were drinking and maybe had a cup of, like, rum or vodka in their hand and that right. spilled on their lap and that also acted as an accelerant, too. So right. Maybe but again, doesn't explain... Yeah. The combustion. It has been suggested recently that alcoholism or low carb dieting could cause spontaneous combustion. Keto could kill you. The idea is that alcohol, like chronic alcoholism or like continual low carb dieting puts your body into a state of ketosis, Mm -hmm. which produces acetone which is highly flammable. Mm -hmm. So your body has a a way easier time of lighting up immediately. Either way, chronic alcoholism does the same thing. It puts your body in a state of ketosis. Okay. I'm unfamiliar with that. I've heard it, but it's just a way your body metabolizes stuff? Yep. Yep. Okay. And you end up producing acetone in addition to whatever else your body produces sure which i mean the point of the keto diet is to get into a state of ketosis because it uses fat as your fuel right so it's basically starving yourself so you go to your reserves yeah to put it simply yes i I believe so if that's like that might be a very 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 simplified version but so back off on the keto everyone just for the sake of Possibly not Possibly lighting, not up lighting on fire. Yeah. So here's an interesting one. One theory has been thrown out there that mast cell activation syndrome could cause spontaneous combustion. With this condition, this health condition, your cells spontaneously produce norepinephrine, which is adrenaline, right? I don't know. Nor no They It produces this chemical. Releasing large amounts of this turns on a protein in your body in larger amounts than normal. Okay. This protein causes fat to be oxidized as heat. And fat tissue, in particular, contains a lot of these mast cells. 
So the idea is that if there's a perfect storm that happens and your body releases a huge amount of norepinephrine at once, which activates that specific protein in greater amounts than usual, it could cause heat generation within your body greater than 90 degrees Celsius, which is 194 degrees Fahrenheit, not 3,000 degrees. But once fat tissue starts burning, that's when you get that wake effect. So perhaps this is one of those cases where it's you generate a massive amount of heat, you start smoldering, and you smolder for a while until you're turned into ashes. That all makes sense, but how can that still happen if there's no source of oxygen to allow the fire to burn? Because if it's starting internally, it's closed off to oxygen, unless there's oxygen in the bloodstream, but that's also surrounded by water, too. Right. I'm not sure unless it burns very hot and immediately and reaches the outside <laughs> where oxygen then feeds it. That's also kind of what hap- the explanation in Parasite Eve is, too. It's like at a cellular level where there's just some sort of chain reaction where your whole body just lights up at once because of the mass amount of energy being produced. Right. Here's another theory. One chemist says that it could be caused by a flammable liquid produced in the gut that would result in methane and hydrogen in your body igniting. But again, he doesn't say what actually would cause it to ignite. He's just listing out that there is a flammable liquid produced in your gut. Flammable liquid slash gas. Sure, yes, producing methane and hydrogen. So, yeah, so what is igniting that flame? Right. Don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, One early explanation was the wrath of God. Yeah. So... In the 1970s, some people suggested that being emotionally depressed can cause you to burst into flames. I can't find any information on that, but it was mentioned in a live science article. They also mention a potential buildup of vibrational energy as being the cause of spontaneous combustion. But I'm thinking that, like, if you're carrying the right crystals and stuff, you should be able to combat that. Yeah, and also I feel like if you're if <laughs> something in your body is vibrating so violently to create a fire, something else is going to happen before you light <laughs> right. fire. Some people cite stress as being a culprit. So, holy shit, dude, I am in danger. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all are then. Yes. One writer from the UK suggests that it's caused by poltergeists, which I mean, like, why the fuck not? We're talking about spontaneous human combustion. A very pissed off little girl ghost throws a lit candle at you or something. No, I mean, like, you're inhabited by the poltergeist and it's just like fire in your chest. Boom. That's what my thought would be. I mean, Pol- poltergeists are ghosts that are able to move objects. So that's what I thought. Sure. I don't. I mean, why not? Could be anything. One person suggested ball lightning. I could My find- favorite kind of lightning. <laughs> I mean, the idea of lightning being the external source uh, is pretty badass. The The question I have is. Why the li- specifically ball lightning? Do you know a ball lightning is a kind of lightning? No, I know, but why specifically ball lightning I don't, versus just regular lightning? I don't know. I think it probably is like randomly generated lightning rather than like lightning from a storm. Oh. But why wouldn't you find signs of a lightning strike? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I when this know. is all almost always happening indoors. Too. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's, I mean, make of that what you will. 
So earlier I mentioned that there is a lot of skepticism, but there are cases that have been attributed to spontaneous human combustion, notably 2010. A man named Michael Faraday in Galway, Ireland, was found burned near a fireplace in a room that had no other fire damage. It basically, it was the exact scene I described at the beginning of this, but there was a fireplace in the room. Mm-hmm. There's Guinness, too, involved. Likely. He's actually listed by the coroner as having died from spontaneous human combustion. Specifically, the doctor said, the fire was thoroughly investigated and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion for which there is no adequate explanation. So that's what I was getting at oh, like at the very beginning of this episode. Do coroners put spontaneous human combustion if it's just a fire that can't be explained away from like an actual well, external that's, See, that's my problem. You are a medical doctor. Why would you use the words spontaneous human combustion? Why not just say he died from fire? We can't figure out the source of the fire, but fire. Well, right. So I think that's why they use that term, because if you can't figure out the source and if there didn't seem to be an external accelerant. Fire caused by unknown unknown element. You don't need to put spontaneous human combustion because it may not have been spontaneous. I mean, it... Like, unless he spontaneously dropped a cigarette onto his right, shirt made what, out of straw. Whether it's internal or external, though, it's still spontaneous because nothing else around you was burned. It was just the body. Well, the idea of spontaneous human combustion is not... There's no warning sign. Yes, it's a timing issue, not right. the fact that nothing else around right. you was burned. So if you were... Just for any coroners listening out there, I I just feel like maybe... Fire of unknown origin would be better to write down on the death certificate rather than spontaneous human combustion. But, but his arms and or feet and legs or whatever were left behind, right? Yeah. In that case. Yep. Yeah. So it all does fit. Yes. Yep. So why are you arguing with this corner if that's what it was? Because I also previously explained away what, why all of that would happen. The wick effect would cause the hands right. to stay there. The uh, the movement of the fire is the reason that there's nothing else is burned. So in this guy's case, he was drinking a pint of Guinness, passed out. I mean, if you want to be lap. racist about it, sure. I like Guinness too. <laughs> I'm also poor Irish, maybe. Um, so he dropped some alcohol on his lap. A spark or ember from the fire flew onto his lap, and he lit up while he was passed out. Possibly. The coroner says that it's spontaneous human combustion, and who are we to that, question I mean, him? Even if that's external, that is spontaneous human combustion. <laughs> that no is, that's a valid point. It was a spontaneous incident. So there you have it. I um, just debunked spontaneous human combustion. N- not really, though. Here's the thing. Okay, let's break this down. Items in favor of spontaneous human combustion. Ghosts, um, Ghosts. and temperatures of 3,000 degrees or more. Items against... Spontaneous human combustion, literally all okay. of the science. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I do agree with everything you just said, but the thing is, no one says that spontaneous human combustion has to happen from an internal source. That's the, that's the no, point of spontaneous human combustion. No, because if you're just falling asleep in your chair and you spontaneously combust as a human, even from a spark from your fireplace, 
it's still spontaneous human that's combustion. Not a, that's not a fucking mystery. People would be like, oh, it, cigarette. Well, it the, is a mystery. Mystery, the, the mystery is how a fire would start from within a person with no external heat well, source. Well, part of the mystery, too, is why didn't the rest of the house burn down? How did the fire get so hot? It's because he had a lot of Well, I explained all of those earlier. Right. It's still mysterious, though. You're killing me, dude. This is no longer a spooky episode. <laughs> Let's this go. Is, I'm going to bring it back. To yes, please. Town. Bring us back to Spooky Town I'm, because I'm, I just, I apologize for ruining spontaneous human combustion. I, I still kind of believe. The only thing that really still upsets me is it couldn't be an internal source because there's no way for oxygen to get in there unless there's a big hole in your abdomen. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Let's bring it back to the Olympics. All right, Olympics. You're old. Do you remember 2012? <laughs> I have memories of 2012. <laughs> I voted. You remember the London 2012 Summer Olympic Games? Vaguely. Do I wasn't that into them. Do you remember the opening ceremonies? I remember the Queen. The Queen? The Queen was in them. Was she? Yeah. Yes. This this kind of popped up a few months ago, like in the heat of everyone getting prepped for the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Mm -hmm. There was a roughly 15 minute portion of the four hour opening ceremonies. And that's usually roughly sure. how long they are. They're a long ass event. But there was about a 15 minute section that was devoted to the National Health Service of Great Britain slash UK. Oh, I do kind of remember that. I remember thinking that was weird. I mean, I, I watched the video after reading this kind of summary of this theory mm -hmm. about this. Um, and it is creepy, too. But the, the theory is that, or I shouldn't say the theory because it's, spoiler alert, it's not true. Um, the conspiracy around this is that these people that put on the opening ceremonies predicted COVID-19. Oh, interesting. So... There's a bunch of performers dressed up as nurses and stuff, and it's like a very somber scene. And like there's nurses and doctors reading to children in hospital beds and stuff. And like it's just very weird. And there's like weird symbolism happening with like the light displays. And like one person says it looks like the COVID-19 molecule. Okay. But the creepiest thing, though, is that the very beginning of this portion of the ceremony was a musical number, mm -hmm. a rendition of Tubular Bells. Are you familiar with this tune? Yes. It's the theme song to The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, so, I mean, not that it has anything to do with COVID-19, but I just thought it was funny after I read this, I looked up the thing on YouTube, and it is like The Exorcist theme, and then a bunch of nurses come out, and it's very creepy. But basically, no, that's not the case. But I just thought it was an interesting theory that people are like, oh, they predicted COVID-19 10, almost 10 years ago. I bet you anything we could go back to like Confucius and he predicted COVID-19 too. Like you could probably find a prediction anywhere. So sorry, folks, this was um, a disappointing and spooky debunking episode. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> but, but you're, you're moving too fast. I'm not done here. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, so uh, during this thing, like the nurses are like doing a shh motion to all the kids at some point in the ceremony. Okay. And a lot of people have 
kind of taken that to be a new world order slash uh, like Masonic temple type thing okay. where it's like a symbolism thing where you shush. You're like basically saying shush to the lower class. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, also the section of the ceremony ends with a girl in bed reading Peter Pan uh, with a flashlight under the covers. And then it jumps ahead in performance to show moments of monsters entering the scene among the beds so people are saying like this person was minding their own business, but like the monsters symbolize the virus or something. You really got to be digging deep, man. For sure. But if you're interested in just like wasting a couple minutes, look up that video because it is very odd to see a bunch of nurses in the dark enter a giant stadium with the theme of the exorcist playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ominous for sure. Yeah. I don't know if COVID no, of course specifically not, comes out of that. Well, that's all we got today. Yep. So I, spontaneous human combustions, still spooky. You could burn at any time. <laughs> I just want to bring it back. I want to point out it's still spooky. I never said it wasn't. No, I'm just trying to convince myself. Um, I'm making a promise, not only to myself, but to everyone listening to this, that next week, and I'm saying this so I stick to it, Next week, I am going to be prepared to start something on this podcast that I've been working on for a long time, and I've just been dragging my feet, but I'm going to announce it now, so there's no turning back. <laughs> We're going to talk about Skinwalker Ranch. We've had a lot of people request this topic, and I've been doing a lot of research on this, and I'm going to be ready. So Good. we are talking about Skinwalker Ranch next week, so we're bringing it back to Spooky Town. Yeah, hold him to it. This was... This was an interim episode because Everett promised he would have it done for this week. So that's why I had to catch you come up with my spontaneous human um, combustion episode. Meanwhile, if you have a spooky tale, personal story, or anything you find and you want to send it to us to read it on the podcast, definitely send it over. You can send it to any of our social media. Uh, we I got, what do we got? What do we got here? <laughs> we got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all our at NerdSloth HQ. Or you can email us at podcast at NerdSloth.com. If you put a little spooky in the subject line, we would love to hear any stories, really. I love a good spooky tale. Yeah, and um, I'm going to be doing my best to do my research, but I'm also going to watch them Olympics, watch those athletes, those athletes, uh, do their thing and make their countries proud. And you should all do so too. Because yeah. It's fun. USA. USA. Or whatever country you're from. All right. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.